invite you to remain standing for our reading of Scripture today, which comes to us out of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Out of Hebrews 11, we read verses 1 through 3. The author writes, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Today we begin a new worship series, which is entitled Hot Topics. And throughout this series, we're going to ask a series of uh, uh, challenging questions to our faith, perhaps questions that uh, you have uh, deeply had and uh, maybe uh, never asked them. Maybe it's something you know of someone who's been struggling with and they have never asked them. Maybe we haven't had enough courage to ask them. But I'm convinced that the answers to these questions provide the answers that we so desperately need in our walk with God. And so I want to tackle some of these uh, hot topic questions with you over the next few weeks. And uh, perhaps if, if I don't touch on a question during this series that you're uh, burning, uh, burning to ask, then, uh, then see me and uh, there may be an opportunity for a hot topics too in the future to answer some other questions to which you might have. And so if I don't tackle yours, then let me know and we'll get a list going and perhaps do this series again. But for this Sunday and for week one of this series, we're going to ask the question, how can I believe in a God that I cannot prove? How can I believe in a God that I cannot prove? One of my favorite sitcoms of all time is Family Matters. Do you know what Family Matters is? It's Steve Urkel. Do you know who I'm talking about now? You know, the, the nerdy, uh, suspender-wearing guy with the high voice that says, did I do that? Anybody, everybody with me now? You know, okay, everybody knows who Steve Urkel is. <laughs> Probably my favorite sitcom of all time. But one of the best episodes that I ever came across uh, was one where um, the whole family went to church. And of course, Steve tagged along. And, and if you don't know the history, the story behind it, Steve is a very intelligent man, and, and his parents are very intelligent as well. And in one scene of one episode, and I can't show it to you because of copyright's sake for it being on the live stream, but I can tell you what he said. He's sitting down with Mother Winslow, and uh, they're having a, a conversation about God and about church. And Steve says to Mother Winslow, My father, and I'm not going to do it in his voice, by the way. Roy, can you do Steve's voice? <laughs> I may get you to come up here and read this. Steve, uh, Steve says to Mother Winslow, My father demanded to know how, with my scientific training, I could believe in God. See, after all, I can't touch, see, or feel him. But I pointed out that I can't touch, see, or feel an atom either. But I believe it exists. Anybody ever see that episode? Go look it up. It's season 3, episode 13. 
You know, I would add to what Steve says, and, and I would add this. I would add, we can, we can see the evidence of the existence of atoms all around us. And we can also see the evidence of the existence of God all around us as well. God's existence is a matter of facts or data. God's existence requires faith to believe in. Faith is the reality of what we hope for and in and of itself is the proof of what we don't think we see. I'm going to read that again. Faith is the reality of what we hope for and in and of itself is the proof of what we don't think we see. Our modern day emphasis on proof and data and empirical evidence leads many to reject a belief in God. A noticeable trend is that the higher one's level of intelligence, the higher your IQ, then the less likely you are to believe in God. The public nature of some of these intellectuals creates an impression uh, among some that faith will diminish as your intelligence increases. In fact, some folks have even been quoted saying, I'm too smart to believe in God. Is that really how it works? Is that even too possible? Is religion, then the question then becomes, and it's a, it's a legitimate study, is religion or, spirit, or spirituality the arena for those who lack intelligence? Or, better, is it foolish to believe in something you cannot prove? Because the idea of God is easier to explain than the proof of God. Are you with me all this morning so far? I didn't say, did you agree? I just said, are you with me? <laughs> I'm sure all of us at some point have or uh, will come across then at some point someone who doesn't believe in the existence of God and, and will argue with us until we are blue in the face to the point. Why? why I'm sorry, I've got to stop. Why is the expression blue in the face? Because whenever I argue, I get red in the face. Anybody else? Okay, I'm sorry. Aside, that, that, that bothered me. I had to question my own writing. Anyway. But here's the deal. Whether you get blue or red in the face, such arguments are rarely effective. They're rarely effective because neither side has any real data to back up its position. This is true even for the most brilliant of atheists and the most brilliant of theologians. Neither can definitively prove or disprove God using data alone. Now are you with me? Atheism then, atheism, since we're going to talk about that, let's define atheism. Atheism is the belief that nothing exists outside our material world and everything that exists is the consequences of chance and randomness. 
That's the definition of atheism. An atheist is one who ascribes to atheism. To atheists, God as a concept is unnecessary. We exist, but, but that existence is not purposeful. Things such as love and, and hope are, are merely chemical reactions in the brain and that all of existence can be explained by the material world and by the laws of physics. The world uh, is not necessarily meaningless, but it has only the meaning we ascribe to it for the short time that we exist. Everything good, everything bad came from nothing, and one day it will revert back to nothing. That's the idea of atheism. But my question is this, is any of that even, even logically possible? Such a theory in itself seems to violate one of the most basic expectations of the world and one of the most accepted findings of the world in that everything comes from something. Don't ask me to quote which scientist came up with that theory, but I know somebody smart did. Everything comes from something. In its nature, atheism does not clash with that theory. Or excuse me, does clash with that theory, does not mesh with that theory. Atheists reject the concept of any greater or metaphysical being. But the, but the challenge then for atheism is that it too cannot scientifically be proven. I heard somebody say one time, do you realize how much faith it takes to be an atheist? Think about it. On an episode of Saturday Night Live, uh, the comedian Louis C.K. shared his beliefs about the impossibility of atheism. All right, this is his quotes. He says, I'm not religious. I don't know if there's a God. That's all I can say, honestly. I don't know. Some people can say that they know that there isn't a God. That's a weird thing you can say, you know. There's no God. Are you sure? Yeah, there's no God. How do you know? Because I didn't see him. But how do you know? There's a vast universe. You can see for about 100 yards when there's not a building in the way. How can you possibly know? Did you look everywhere? Did you look in the downstairs bathroom? No, I haven't seen him yet. Well, I haven't seen the film 112, 12 Years as a Slave yet either, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Anybody else? So if we define atheism, then we have to define God. What or who is God, and, and what or who is God to you? The most basic definition that we can use to define God, without having to do an entire sermon in and of itself, is that God is the infinite creator and sustainer of all that is, of all that was, and all that will be. God is the creator and infinite sustainer of all existence. This is the definition we're going to go with of God today, and this is the definition of God that's universally accepted in both Western and Eastern religions. 
The religions differ only in their beliefs about how God engages with history and with existence. Whatever, whatever the differences are, all religions agree that God is outside and above all that has been caused and made into existence. God is above and outside all that has been called and made into existence. Perhaps our greatest proclamation about the nature of God can be found in the very creed that we read this morning, the Nicene Creed, where it says, We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the same essence as the Father, through Him all things were made. The belief of God as outside and beyond the created universe is not unique to Christianity. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen first, and then I'm going to tell you where it comes from. You ready? He is God. There is no God other than Him. It is He who knows what is hidden as well as what is in the open. He is the Lord of mercy, the giver of mercy. He is God. There is no God other than Him, the controller, the holy one, the source of peace, grantor of security, guardian over all, the almighty, the compeller, the truly great. God is far above anything they consider to be His partner. He is God, the creator, the originator, the shaper. The best names belong to Him. Everything in the heavens and the earth glorifies Him. Unto Him belong the keys of the heavens and the earth. Anybody want to try to guess where this came from? Anybody? This is Shura 39 and Shura 59 from the Quran. The holy book of Islam. This fundamental idea of God is consistent across all religions that are monotheistic. All religions that believe in the existence of one God. This idea is shared amongst all. This is the foundation for any belief in God. This belief, here's where it gets good. This belief called faith does not require scientific proof. In fact, by definition, such scientific proof cannot and does not exist. If God is truly God, then proof of God's existence in this world cannot exist because God is not of this world. God created the world. As creator, God came from something greater than the world. Now are you with me? Say amen. God came, so the question that all little kids have. Where does God come from? You want to really blow their minds? 
because it still blows mine, but this is my answer. God came from always having been there. God came from always having been there. God has always been there. As our scripture in Hebrews indicates, faith for the theist is its own power. Living a life of faith is accepting that proof of God is at some level unnecessary. In fact, faith of God might even be impossible. Faith is about more than proof. Let's take Scripture as a whole, for example. The Bible, which we believe contains all things necessary for salvation, does not even attempt to prove God. Have you ever noticed that? Scripture, in and of itself, does not attempt to prove God. Scripture presumes that there is and always has been and always will be a God. Faith is about more than proof and more than being right. Faith is about living a life of hope and love rather than accepting that this life is meaningless. Faith is choosing to live as if hope is real and then discovering that it has more meaning than we have words to describe it. This world is so full of love and so full of hope that it must have a source beyond us and beyond what we can even fathom in this world. And that source is God. So then how in the world do we convince our friends and family to believe in God? Because I know what you're thinking, because I was thinking the same thing. I don't need to be convinced. I was raised in it. I believe. I have faith. I don't need to be able to prove God. But there are those who need to be able to prove God for their own sake. So how do we do that? Folks, we don't prove God by making arguments for the existence of God. We prove God by living a compelling life of hope. We prove God by living God and demonstrating God in our lives. At some point in everyone's life, unbelief will prove insufficient, and the question will then move from how can I believe in a God I cannot prove to how can I afford not to believe in a God where faith, life, and hope is abundant. This is what Jesus embodied when he was on this earth. He didn't present logical debates. He didn't present uh, proof to his disciples. He ate with tax collectors. He didn't provide big fancy theological debates and ideas to the people. He healed the lepers. He didn't go out and preach sermons to try to say, hey, this is why you should believe in me and this is the evidence to prove it, he forgave prostitutes. Jesus lived the belief. And then in the ultimate 
act of service, God through Jesus Christ got on his hands and knees and washed the dirty feet of his own creation. He created a community of love and of hope that has spanned generations and will provide everlasting life. Folks, maybe you can say with me today, I'm not interested in trying to prove God. I'm interested in living a life that only a great and perfect God could have made possible. What is it about this life that you look at and say, only a beautiful, great, loving God could have made this happen. It didn't happen by chance. It didn't happen because something went boom and fell in the right spot. It happened because God had God's beautiful hands of creation on this world. And God painted with His fingertips the beauty of the art that we call creation. Have you ever witnessed a miracle? Don't try to tell me that's not God. Scientific advancements have come a long way and I believe in medical science and their advances till the day I die. But don't tell me that didn't come from God. Our God is good. And only good comes from our God. So the question for us turns to, instead of how do I prove God, how do I live my faith? And this is the gospel message for us. How do we do it as individuals in our daily lives, wherever we are, and the people that come into contact with us? Whenever they say, how can you believe in something that can't possibly love you back? Or how, when they say, how can you believe in something that you don't feel? The response is, how can I afford not to? Just look around. A God that loved me enough to come and to die for me is worth loving back. As a church, corporately, how can we live our belief, and our faith. These are the questions that we should be asking of ourselves and of our church and of each other every single day. These are the questions of our faith and this is our answer. How can I believe in a God I cannot prove? Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.